The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> everyone and welcome to the sunny and phoenix podcast a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything phoenix suns basketball my name is charlie erling and as always i'm joined by mitch krumpetich this pod loves piling on the lakers but why is no one talking about the defending western conference champion suns being one in three I didn't realize until now that the Suns are currently 1-3. Why is no one talking about this? They lost to a mediocre Kings team a couple days ago and nearly lost by 30 points to the Trailblazers with a struggling Damian Lillard. And from what I know, they're just about fully healthy. For anyone actively watching the Suns this season, what's the main reason for the early season struggles? You would think they'd have a bunch of momentum to start the season after their amazing finals run. Uh, that's been going around from a salty Lakers fan, you know, a couple weeks ago. And the Suns are on a nine game winning streak, which is what we're going to open the show talking about. After that, some game recaps from last week and some previews. We have the Mavs twice, the Nuggets once, and then the Spurs this week. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. Shoutouts are in order for our bet question from last week. We were guessing Jay Crowder made threes in the game against the Grizzlies. So shout out to Raul Munoz. He said 20, and I just think that's funny. So shout out to you, Raul Munoz. Um, keep giving us the ridiculous hyperbolic answers. I think they're really funny. Between the two of us, you were closer. You said three. I said two. So you're up 3-1 on this season. Woo. Hit hit the sheesh. Hit it one time. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't have... Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just wait. I'm going to get my own soundboard, and it's going to get ugly. Okay, boomer. <laughs> oh we're gonna have to put a cap on those maybe like <laughs> three know. a show uh, i don't think we're there yet <laughs> all right well let's talk about the nine game winning streak uh last week on the show we talked about the sketchiest five game win streak of all time and we're, we're keeping that alive but thankfully we've had some some near blowout wins in there, which uh, brings a little confidence back to us. So the biggest thing I'd say, this has only been for one game, though. DeAndre Ayton is back. It was really nice to see him suited up, getting in the lineup and having a solid game right off the bat. Yes, it's good to have him back. But Frank and JaVale held it down. Oh, 100%. Those guys are just 
great for us. That was the big complaint last year. No size off the bench. And JaVale and Frank, I don't know what's gotten into Frank this year, but he looks so smooth, so confident. And I'm glad even with Aiton back, we still managed to get him out there for a few minutes. Yeah, and that's exactly what we were talking about last week, that he needs to still be seeing the court, even if it's five minutes or so, which that's pretty much what happened when Aiton came back. But I was so glad, too. I'm glad he got in there. And, yeah, just keep him keep him fresh, keep his, keep his confidence up. Uh, and then if someone goes down, he'll be ready to go. For sure. And we, we've got campaign settling back into the rotation after that injury uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. Good to see him coming along. And Abdul Nader has been playing some great ball. He had one really big game. I, I believe that was against the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so good to see him coming along off the bench. It's nice to have our team fully healthy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know... It's nice having Nader being able to step up while we've had still been having some pretty strugglesome games out of Cam Johnson. Uh, It seems like he's been coming around a little bit, but he's been a a little cold shooting and that's not what we're used to. Right. Yeah. Three point shooting has been rough. He hasn't been able to get to the rim as often, but I think he's just in a little bit of a funk. He'll come out of it. Guys have cold streaks sometimes. Very true. Not not a guy I'm too worried about long-term with that. No. But, yeah, nine in a row now at time of recording, which I believe is the longest active streak in the NBA. Oh, it has to be, right? It's got to yeah. be. Yeah, I think it is. So uh, it's, uh, it's great. And, yeah, this nine-game winning streak has prompted uh, what I opened the show with, that that post. It's I, I laugh every time I see it because, you know, after every win – this is the new uh, the You Just Lost to the Suns video this year. Yeah. I think yeah. That's, this is what we're going with. Mm-hmm. I haven't and watched that in a little bit, honestly. I, yeah, I can't I say I have either. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's just because it's commonplace now. And actually, I I've seen people on Twitter saying things like, it's not really that surprising anymore when we win a lot. And... I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, Mm -hmm. we kind of have this expectation that we're going to win games. Like, sure, we were playing the Rockets and the Timberwolves, you know, bad teams. But, like, we expect to win just about every game we play. Yeah, pretty crazy turnaround from just two years ago. Yeah. Even the Mavs. Like, before we heard about Luka's slight injury... I wasn't worried about the Mavs with Luka. And now that he possibly won't be playing, I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll really be good. I think so, too. But then again, we're, what is it? When Aiton faces up against Doncic, we're 8-1 and one against the Mavericks. Yeah, so yeah. May, maybe it's, uh, maybe we do want Luka out there just to keep that going. But yeah, uh, Mikhail will probably enjoy the night off from guarding him. Oh, yeah, I'm maybe. sure. Yeah. And then who knows, he might be ready to go for the next one on Friday. So we're not yeah, going to be. Maybe. We'll see what happens there. Why are we doing that? I don't, I mean, I know with COVID uh, last season, before the vaccine and everything like that, they were trying to limit travel as much as possible. But I mean, 
I know COVID's still around, but why are we playing the Mavs twice in a row at home? With a day off in between. Yeah, yeah. That so, makes even less sense because uh, after we just uh, we played the Rockets in Houston and then that night had to fly to Minneapolis. Right. But yet the Mavericks get to come spend a, you know, three or four days down in Phoenix. So. Yeah, play a little Lucky golf. them. Why not? Yeah. Well, well. Whatever, I don't make the schedule. That's very true. All right, Blazers game, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Are we uh Okay. This was a good one. This was a good one. This is, you know, after the the kind of shady type victories we were getting, this is a uh, turning the page a little bit to being a little more consistent. Uh, carrying the lead a little bit more. Only three lead changes the entire game. We were up by 15 at one point, ended up winning by 10. And Frank Kaminsky, 31 points, 12 for 18 from the floor, seven boards, three assists, a block. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. By far the best game of his career. And you could tell he was having fun. And <laughs> just everyone is loving him right now. I forget exactly which game it was, but he had a nice spin move that everyone on the bench imitated right after he made the shot. And yeah, like, yeah, he's just, he's a great locker room guy. He's playing well on the floor. Uh, yeah. You just have to be thrilled for him. Yeah. It's a blast. And thinking of his, you know, his career arc got drafted early uh, things weren't looking great with the Hornets and then ends up getting passed around a touch. And then even we tried to, you know, get rid of him. The Kings brought him in and then luckily they cut him and then we pick him back up. It's, it's really crazy how it worked out. And then Frank at this point of his career coming off the bench for the last how many years, all of a sudden has a career night when he gets the shot. It's just a fun story. And from what I know about Frank, couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, I agree. And he said in all his interviews, I'm just ready to go whenever. <laughs> He's always ready. And he he hasn't let all of the DNPs get to him or anything. He's just always got a good attitude, always ready to go. And this is evidence of that. Yep, and seeing the celebration in the locker room afterwards, everybody's <laughs> yeah. so hyped for him, and uh-huh. he he stays humble though. You know, he didn't make it all about him or anything. He said thanks to his teammates, and I mean his post game interviews are they show that too. What a great guy! What a great guy to have sitting at the end of your bench who can uh, come in and score thirty one in a pinch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we needed it because Booker struggled. Uh, he had 12 points on five for 15 shooting. Um, I mean, I guess everyone else had a pretty decent game. Um, Booker just struggled from the floor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when your usual leading scorer only has 12, someone else has to step up. And we're not typically going to think of Frank Kaminsky as the guy who's going to do that, you know. We usually see Chris Paul or Mikhail Bridges or sometimes campaign, but and with no Aiton as well. Uh, Frank was the guy to do it. He averaged a point per minute. <laughs> wow. And this came against Nurkic and Cody Zeller. 
not two absolute scrubs. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Zeller's not a stud or anything, but, you know, he's a veteran big man who's been making a career in the league, so you can't right. discount that much. But Frank had right. no issue against those boys that night. Nope, nope. Chopped liver for him. That's right. Okay, <laughs> let's move it to the Grizzlies game. Another win. Final score, 119 to 94. And this one, we get out on a 36-23 to 23 first quarter. And when the team's hot like that, it, it's so much fun to watch. But still, despite this big, long winning streak, it never feels great. But this one was wire to wire. We never gave up the lead, held it the whole time. And that was really refreshing. Yes, Um I think we're so used to blowing these big leads, even though we've been winning, like we were talking about last week, the sketchiest five-game winning streak ever. This was less sketchy, but yeah, when we get a big lead, I always remind myself, basketball is a game of runs, it's not over, we gotta keep our foot on the gas, you know, all of those cliche basketball things. Uh, But we did, we did all of that. We kept a large lead and we won big, Uh, maintained the big lead all throughout. For sure. Three guys off the bench in double figures with Payne, Johnson, and Nader. And the fourth quarter where they got a ton of run, uh, 27-30 in favor of the Grizzlies. So if they play the majority of that third quarter and only give – or fourth quarter and then only give up a three-point difference, they did their job, and that's a great way to end the game, especially with – you know, a road trip back-to-back coming right after this game. That's right. And I'll reiterate something Eddie Johnson said, that when the when the bench, when the reserves come in, their job is not to extend the lead. It's just to maintain. Just keep it where it's at. So, yeah, a three-point difference, no big deal. And, yeah, it's the fourth quarter of the game. I know he's referring more to when they come in end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. But... Still, I mean, they did what they needed to do. They maintained that lead, and we still blew the Grizzlies out. Absolutely. Okay, next game against the Rockets. Final score, 115-89. to 89. This, was a, this was a barn burner. We got them. Uh, I feel bad <laughs> for the Rockets because yeah. they're not built to win at this point. I feel worse for their coach because, man, that was a tough hand to be dealt. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, this is, these are growing pains. We're all too familiar with them. And that's what the Rockets are going to be going through for another year or two, honestly. Yeah. This reminded me so much of when we had the lineups with Tyler Ulis, Ulis, Booker, Chris, Bender, and whoever else is playing that night. Yeah. Throw in PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker, like their Jay Sean Tate. You know, kind yeah. of a kind of a mirror image there. Or or Eric Gordon. I mean, different players, but he's still on that team. Yeah. You feel horrible for him. So yeah, watching this game, I did have a lot of sympathy for the Rockets, just because we've been there not all that long ago, and I mean, it was very nice to get a blowout win. It's nice to win the games you're supposed to win. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're, we're doing that this season, and it's fantastic. Yes. And Booker got back to his regular self a little bit. Still, he took a lot of shots, but 
It's okay. 26 points, 9 for 23 shooting. So not the most efficient night, but got the job done. Uh, And then JaVale McGee also. This was a big game for him. 19 points, 14 rebounds, 9 for 12 shooting. He was just all over the place. And I believe this is the game where he had the... They were uh, calling him Hakeem Olajuwon and and Lou Alcindor and all those names from his sky hook that he had. Was that that was, that was this game, right? I think so. That yeah. was so. Like I haven't seen one of those <laughs> in the NBA w- with my own eyes, maybe ever. Yeah, I know. I want to say maybe Dirk has thrown up some hooks similar to that. Over yeah. the years, but that one that was a that was a legit skyhook. It was. It was. And I wonder if that is part of a like his practice rep. Like, can he make that? I think it is because they interviewed Booker after the game, and they were saying, "Oh, Javale, you saw this," and he said, "Yeah, we see it every day." Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. And I'm sure man, he's practicing. With that. I want to see it more. And I want him to teach Aiton. Teach Aiton, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It. I was a little nervous when he did it. I was like, oh, I, I don't know about this. And then it went in, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, a little scary. No big deal, though. All right. Moving on that's to... <laughs> that's very true. Oh, he did have a... One Shackton moment over this week. I don't remember the yeah. game, but maybe the most blatant double dribble I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he had another moment. I'm forgetting exactly what happened, but he was like laying on the ground by the end of the play. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is JaVale. This is what you get. But uh, no, it's, it's worth it's worth it. It is worth it. And the his wingspan, his length, the ability to grab rebounds or loose balls that no man should have the right to reach and he just he just snatches it that's been something that's been so impressive but the fact that he's he falls so often and gets tangled up so often but he seems all right you know i mean is he hurting i don't know but these little five six minute stretches that we've been giving him that seems to be the ticket yeah, and I can only imagine how relieved he is that Aiden's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe even Frank a little bit, too. Yeah. Frank's, Frank realistically probably said, I don't know if I can go out and give him 31 every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, Frank is prepared, but I don't know if he's prepared for 31. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Oh yeah. But right. no, and, and with I, I this is kind of going into the next game too, but Aiton came back and looked just like himself. I was a little bit worried about this and he missed 5 games. It felt like he missed 12 or 20. Like I know we haven't played 20 games, but it felt like we haven't seen Aiton in a month. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. But he came back and he looked just fine. He was just he really back did. to himself, and um, I know we were being very cautious with his return, and we talked about that last week, like, why even mess around, especially when it's early in the season, but yeah, he came back and looked just like himself. Yeah, I was a little worried about that, too, just because 
man, a, a bruise is keeping a guy out this long. And the fact that he came back for a game in the middle of it and then went back to the bench for a few, I just... And then, you know, that brings up some rumor mill type stuff. Like, is he sitting out because of the Sarver news and all that? Mm. Yeah, that that was interesting to see. But, yeah, don't rush a big guy back with a with a lower leg injury. There's there's no reason to do it. But look back to the bubble. Was it the bubble year where he got popped for the not steroids, but he the 25 game suspension Uh and yeah, that was the bubble year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So people, if you looked at the 25 games that he missed compared to the record once he came back, I mean, a lot of people were saying we probably would have made the playoffs legitimately had that not happened. Right. right. And then look now where we just lost him for, you know, five games and JaVale and Frank absolutely carried the load. And the, oh, I, I've been joking about this, but since it's been actually happening, it's it's interesting. But if you see two centers like that be able to have such an impact, like JaVale's, you know, 20 plus, Frank's 31. If you see that, why do you need to pay DeAndre Ayton $30 million? Yeah. I get that. I mean, uh, I don't like that. That was kind of reinforced, but I love the fact that we were winning and Frank was playing great. Right. I think the difference here, though, is both of those guys are on one-year contracts, and that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I, I hope the thought process is, isn't we can just find any old seven footer to come play with Chris and it's going to be just fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and we have to look to the future because Chris Paul, I mean, how much longer can he do this? I don't know, man. Have you been watching him play? He's I been mean, a he magician out he, there. Yes, he has. The nutmeg on Garuba in the Rockets game. And the then nutmeg. The nutmeg. And then Monty had to take him out after that. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie was cracking up. He was like, oh, Chris, you can't do that to him. Look, Monty's taking you out now. It, yeah, that was pretty funny. But, was. man, he was just in his bag. He was in the zone. And that's been carrying over through these games. And I think it, too. Like, how long can he keep doing this? But... He's he's still doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think about it. I was talking to someone the other day about Chris Paul's contract. Because obviously he's good for this year. All of next year he's set. And then that third year is the team option. And, like, sometimes I'm like, well, yeah, I'm almost certain we'll pick that up. I think so. I, I think so. What would have to happen between now and then to not? Yeah, I mean, he'd have to take a huge step back. But, I mean, he'll be 40 years old at that point. <laughs> 40? Like, I, or uh, I might be off. Because he turns, I believe he's, I'm going to double check this. I believe he turns 37 this year. Um, yeah, he's 36. He'll turn 37 in May. Then next year, at the end of the season, he'll be 38. So, yeah, he'll be 39 by the end of, if we picked up that option, by the end of that season, he'll be 39 years old. Man, 
like I okay, I used to have a basketball coach at the time, probably about fifty. Yeah. And he'd run with us. And right. he'd he'd hang with us. Uh he wouldn't slow anybody down. He'd play tight defense and like he it was good to have him on the court when he'd do that because it was just good for everybody. But how could a guy be doing that in the pros? Being twenty years older than these guys. It's amazing. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> and then you can say this about like LeBron too, but yeah. Chris Paul's not six eight, two fifty perfect specimen of man. Chris Paul's a five ten meatball. <laughs> right. Which sometimes I think actually bodes well for him. Because yeah. he's not destroying himself like LeBron. You know, he really has to take such good care of his body. Not that Chris Paul doesn't, because we know he does. But, like, LeBron is doing damage to himself every night. And Chris Paul, he's not taking it easy, but sometimes it looks like it. Okay. <laughs> how old... Okay. How old's Chris right now? 36. Okay. Duran, Darren Williams is 37, and he's going to do a boxing match against Frank Gore. Right. Right. Like and Chris Paul's still playing basketball and Williams was a number three pick and he did he win an MVP or he was he was in the MVP talk for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then look at who's doing what right now. That's pretty crazy. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. I mean I know Chris Paul has like made some dramatic changes. I think he's right. vegan. I mean right. he's done all that stuff so that he can continue playing at his age. But like yep. Yeah, you just wonder how long he's going to be able to do it. But I mean, I'm all of this year he looks great. I'm sure next year we'll have to see if he loses a step or not. But yeah, it's just impressive. Totally. Okay, let's move it on. Game previews for next week. We have the Mavericks with the crazy schedule. Uh, Wednesday and Friday, both in Phoenix. No Luca for the first game, it sounds like. We don't know about the second one. Luca with the left ankle injury. So, you know, a little disappointing that we don't get to get him at full strength. And we're used to that as Suns fans, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's why we win so many games. We play yep. all the, We play a cupcake schedule, yep. and teams sit their best players. Yep. Well, I want to see Luca. I know we can beat them. I mean, eight and one against the Mavs since Luca and Aiton entered the NBA. So the numbers speak for themselves. Totally agree. Um, I'm I'm not too worried about these guys. I mean, Porzingis has been on one a little bit lately, but does he have much success against Aiton? I, I don't I don't think he has his number I mean, or anything. And outside yeah. of that. I'm not too confident in what the Mavericks have tried to put around Luka. No, yeah, they're the Mavs are nothing special. They have a good record. They're 9-4 this year, but I really don't think they're anything special. Yeah, I, I don't see what makes them much different than last year, honestly. Right. And is right. Jason Kidd going to be the guy that fixes everything else? You know, I mean, Luka's good, but... No. <laughs> no. We know Jason Kidd is not a very good coach, so. <laughs> Facts. Okay. <laughs> All right, this will be a good one, though. Suns and Nuggets Sunday. Nuggets are 9-5. and five. 
always a fun matchup. This one's here in Phoenix. I, I like that. We don't have to go to Denver, play up in the elevation or anything, our own home court. And this, if we're going to keep a winning streak going <clears throat> and we beat the Mavericks twice and then we beat the Nuggets, oof, that's going to be feeling good. Yeah, well, yeah. And after the first game of the season against the Nuggets, we're going to be looking to get a little bit of revenge and, like I said, when we first played the Nuggets, it's hard to beat a team five times in a row. <laughs> and now the streak is we've lost one against them, so we can get back on track. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> and then to round out the week, well, technically this will be on Monday, Suns at Spurs. I I don't know what to say about the Spurs because yeah. it's like it's a trap. Because if we say <laughs> they're having a rough season... They'll beat us by 30. I believe they did that to us last year, was it? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, didn't they even have a couple, their studs were out, and yet they just spanked us. Yes, it was the first game that I had gone to since COVID started. And I intentionally picked to go against the Spurs because I'm like, I want to see a win. DeRozan (laughs) was out, and... I think Pirtle was out, too. Someone else was. Yeah, I think those two were out. And we got destroyed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, these kind of games are like the definition of a trap game. Yeah, and it's a back-to-back, too. So uh, Of course, yeah. We're getting yeah, a lot of these back-to-backs out of the way early. That is true. This little stretch that we're on right now, over the last week and this week, we're, the games are pretty well packed in, but... Um, after that, I think things normalize a little bit. We had that really slow start to the year. Now we're getting a bunch of rapid fire games and now, and I think it calms down after this. Yeah. I think starting in December, it gets a little bit better. So yeah, it'll be nice. And we've got, it's pretty amazing to think we've got Thanksgiving in, in this stretch of games too. Wait, never mind. That's the week after. Nope. You're someone's <laughs> excited for that. I am excited. Yes, I'm excited for for some time off. Um also our bet question for this week is in the game against the Mavs on Friday. Uh we're looking at DeAndre Ayton rebounds. So how many rebounds do you think DeAndre Ayton's gonna get in the second game against the Mavs? I'm gonna go with a big unlucky thirteen. Okay. Thirteen. Hmm. This is tough because he's been really good. I mean, in this game where he came back against the Timberwolves, he had 22 points and 12 rebounds. So 13 is pretty reasonable. Um, trying to think who the Spurs have on their Mavs. Oh, yeah, Mavs. Oh, sorry. Okay, that helps. Um, hmm. Porzingis. Not the best rebounder in the world. <sighs> okay, I I I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go fourteen. Oh, yeah. Look at you. I know. At least it's, one under is dirtier. It is. So I'm glad you went over. The smarter bet is twelve. But I went one under last time, and I realize I should have went first this time. So I'll go first twice in a row after this. But I'll say 14. So, yeah, tweet at us, at Sunny and PHX Pod, 
Let us know how many rebounds you think DeAndre Ayton will have in that second game, the Friday game against the Mavs. And whoever is closest or, I guess, in some cases, funniest will get a shout out on the show. <laughs> Raul's going 45 this week. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm very excited to see what he says. All right. Well, and with that, uh, let's move to the non-sports section of the show. So this question comes from friend of the show at Comic Evangelist on Twitter. Uh, last week, we were saying after our sparkling water update that <laughs> we're kind of running out of non-sports ideas. So we asked for some. And Comic Evangelist gave us a good one. He says, what is the last thing that made you say awesome? Such as a movie, TV show, a cool looking bird. Those were some of the suggestions <laughs> he gave. Okay, and I hate to do it, but I, I'm a I'm a sports fan down to the core, so a lot of the things I do involve sports. So I, I got two. Mitch, you you suggested this one, so I have to say it. Okay. As a Miami Dolphins fan, Robert Hunt's illegal catch of a screen pass and run and jump and dive and twirl into the end zone may have been the most hyped I've been as a football fan in years. <laughs> and very well full knowing that that was illegal, illegal touching, and he could not catch that pass. Lineman <laughs> obviously can't catch passes in situations like that. You have to check in first, and you have to you have to be on the outside of the line too, right? You can't yes. have anyone over you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so this dude was playing guard, so there was no way this could have happened. But the best part was after the play when he's sitting on the bench the cameraman found this angle of him and a coach was talking to him and he had just the, the slyest smile of all time <laughs> on his face because he knew how cool that was. Oh yeah. Oh, all yeah. right. But my other one, uh, this is basketball related. So I saw a video on YouTube about the team that doesn't dribble. You should all, all check that out on YouTube. It's a really well done video, but it's a school called Bellarmine or Bellarmine Beller, and they're Bellarmine yeah. out of Kentucky and they literally rarely dribble the ball once they get it past half court so they get into an offense and they will pass the ball I'd say 10 times reverse it two or three times before anyone even considers putting down a dribble but they they rarely even need to because in that time, with all those reversals, someone on the defense is going to slack or get caught up on a screen for a split second too long. And the, the whole roster, they're just full of passers. They don't care if you can dribble. You just need to pass. And uh, just watching clips of them, it was so fun to watch. It felt like a really old school basketball. But I mean, even those crazy old videos you see they're still dribbling up and down the court and uh putting it down for you know like useless dribbles just dribbling for no reason these guys don't do that and i hope it gets i hope it has more of an impact across basketball somehow because watching the ball move like that is so much more enjoyable than watching one-on-one -on -one dribble stuff okay boomer <laughs> I didn't even need the soundboard. Nope. But yeah, that is cool. And it, it kind of reminds me something along those lines. I saw a video, I think on Twitter somewhere, and it was of 
uh, Wilt Chamberlain. They showed it like color in HD. I don't know how they do this, but it was awesome. And just to see the way the game was played back then from that like color HD perspective. Yeah. It was so different. And, you know, there's no three point line. It's just like a box where the free throw line is. And it's a very, very simple court. But yeah, that just the old school style reminds me of seeing that and just seeing those highlights of Wilt that people were like, we never thought we would see this. Yeah, the, like the I think there's a YouTube channel called the the Wilt Chamberlain Film Archive or something oh, like yeah. that, okay. and it has it has a ton of videos, and I mean, they must be somewhat rare because I don't feel like I had ever seen a lot of those on TV or anything like that. So oh. you should check that out if you haven't. Yeah, I need to. Uh, okay, for me, the last thing that I saw that made me say awesome that's not sports related is uh, also a YouTube video. Um, there's a band called Lorna Shore that I think I may have mentioned on the show years ago. And I always laugh because friend of the show, Josh Cranowetter, who's going to be here in about a month. Um, whenever I him, he says it sounds like a furniture store. And I think that's really funny. Um, but anyway, the band is called Lorna Shore. They're like an extreme like deathcore band. Um, they have a new song with their new singer. His name's Will Ramos, and uh, the song is called Into the Hellfire. And when you listen to it, the vocals are just, they're amazing. Like, they're really, really technical and difficult, and he's doing stuff that's like, I've never heard anything like it. And so, you know, when stuff like that gets put out, people say, oh, well, I'm sure there's a lot of post-production that goes into that to make it sound good. Well, he did a one take YouTube like vocal version and he like completely nails it. And the video is amazing. I've seen <laughs> I've seen some reaction videos to it actually. I don't usually watch reaction videos, but I have seen some reaction videos to um to this song of people who are just like this is amazing. There's a guy in particular, I think he goes by uh, the music shed or something like that. He's like a jazz um, instructor and he just takes suggestions from people and reacts to songs. And he reacted and he was like, he was almost crying because he was just like the, the raw talent that this band has is awesome. So I definitely recommend people checking that out. It's, it's intense, but yeah, Will Ramos, Lorna Shore into the hellfire. Did you know that most everything Michael Bublé sings, like on a C, like on a CD, obviously yeah. not live, it's all auto-tuned. Yeah, that's sad. Well, I don't actually think it's that sad because that's what everyone does. Like post-production is supposed to make it sound perfect. Like when I was in school doing all my music stuff, which really long-time listeners of the show may remember me talking about, actually. This was, yeah, like five, six years ago now. Um, we were, we like learned how to do that, how to correct pitches and use um, Pro Tools and auto-tune things. And we even recorded a track where we had to auto-tune ourselves. Um, 
So I don't really have a problem with it because everyone does it because they want the album to sound perfect. My issue is when they can't also do it live. Because if you can perform it live and it sounds like the album, great. Do whatever you want on it. Make it sound good. But if you can't do it live, I don't think it's fair. I'm going to be real. Rap music sounds nothing alike compared to studio to live performance. It's way different. Yeah. Uh, One show, I guess this might have to do with the style of rap, but uh, I used to listen to a dude named, or a group called Atmosphere Mm -hmm. back in the day. And he was actually, he sounded very similar to the studio versions of his song. So that, like, I was kind of blown away by it. But, man, I just don't know if I'd enjoy that live as much as... uh, yeah. Here's I've what seen... I want to say, though. Uh, yeah, I want to yeah. say this. I, I did watch a, <clears throat> I did watch a video on YouTube about this. So it was uh, showing like the, you'll know the word for this, but the pitch frequency, like how, like what frequency it is when it's hitting a certain note. It shows right. that whole bar, the little graph thing. Mm-hmm. And then Buble every time, like it'd be perfectly on the line of the note. But then it was compared to Freddie Mercury uh-huh. from a studio album, and it showed the imperfections. And, I mean, it, it doesn't sound worse. It sounds yeah, more, yeah. Uh, I don't know, natural is not quite the word, but... Uh. Yeah, well, I, and I think it's all personal preference, you know? Because I like when albums sound very, very clean and perfect because i go and see these bands live you know yeah but if you're the kind of person who doesn't go to a lot of concerts you might want to get a little bit more of that natural live experience from the album you know true um yeah no and i think that's interesting um i think rap too i i still haven't been able to really put my finger on why it's so different because i've seen a couple rappers live um jay-z being one of them jay-z was good like i liked his show but it was way different and one thing that really stood out to me in his show is he didn't really perform his full songs like he would do the really popular parts of his songs and then he'd transition into a different one and Mm. That kind of like blew my mind. I'd never seen anything like that where they don't perform their entire song. Maybe when you get to Jay-Z level, you can do that, though. You can do whatever you want when you're Jay-Z, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. But yeah, it was just, it was very different, um, especially when you compare it to the other stuff that I'm into. But um, yeah, I get what you're saying. A lot of the rap shows I've seen have been underwhelming. Hmm. yeah okay let's end things there nine game win streak let's uh hope that keeps on going between now and next time we put out an episode which will likely be tuesday Tuesday. monday tuesday Tuesday? we'll probably record it tuesday like record tuesday yeah that that seems to be the grind it it depends on the schedule though if we get a free monday it's probably gonna happen monday but yes that's what to look out for that's what to look out for. Uh, check out our Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Respond to the the survey question, the bet question. Uh, let us know what made you say awesome. Like, a, I hope someone comes in with a cool bird because birds yeah. are cool. 
We're looking for some cool birds on Twitter. That's right. Okay. We'll see you next time. Go Suns. <laughs>